Thank you all for coming. Um, this is the the tenth, if you can believe it. I can hardly believe it. The tenth transatlantic conversation between the new criterion uh, and the social affairs unit. Our mandate is to keep the conversation alive about important issues. As I said last night, uh, we discuss only big issues like the future of the Anglosphere, uh, the fate of the nation state, uh, the dictatorship of relativism, that sort of thing. And uh, this year, this year we're talking about uh, a question. Is America in decline? Um, now, uh, I just want to say as a preliminary, uh, we, could not, uh, we could not do these events without some outside help. And I'd like to thank the, the Sarah Scaife Foundation and uh, its representative, Michael Gleva, who's here someplace, uh, for supporting this. <coughs> They've been supporting these, these um, events from the beginning, and we're very grateful for them. I think they've, they've, they've been important. Um, now, I'm just going to say a, ver a very few opening words, and we'll, then we'll kind of turn it over to the, to the panelists. I have to say that when, uh, when, when Michael and I came up with this uh, topic, uh, is America in decline? I thought it was a, kind of a simple question, but I'm, I'm not so sure that it is um, for, for a number of reasons. For one thing, I don't believe that the question, is America in decline, given the state of the world, is really intelligible without putting it into a much larger context, uh, not only a geographical context, but also an historical <coughs> context. Um, we've been hearing predictions of decline for a long while. Uh, I mean, just to start in the 20th century, very famously, we have Oswald Spengler in the aftermath of World War I outlining the decline of the West. It was, he thought, inevitable, and it was going to be nasty. Uh, then we have, you know, we move on a couple of decades, and Cyril Conley is, is proclaiming, he says that it's a closing time in the gardens of the West, move on a few decades, we have Paul Kennedy with the rise and fall of great powers. Uh, Japan is going to be eating our lunch. Uh, we should be thinking of ways of managing the decline of the United States. What are we going to be doing uh, when our Asian friends um, have you know, bought all the real estate and turned us into a kind of uh, colony? And uh, today, uh, Neil Ferguson uh, seems to have made a sort of cottage industry of, of um, American decline. You can't open a popular Newsweekly without running into a title like this, U.S. Empire in Decline on Collision Course with China. That was a, a recent article by, by Mr. Ferguson. And I think all of these, uh, all of these progni prognostications are liberally endowed with what Henry James referred to as the imagination of disaster. And it's, um, it's you know, it's, um, uh, there's something curiously exciting about disaster, uh, the contemplation of it. It's true. It's probably, uh, it's, I think Aristotle, in fact, got to, uh, got to um, the heart of, of it when he, in, the, in his poetics, when he talked about the attraction of tragedy. He said, well, while the contemplation of a real corpse uh, fills us with horror, the contemplation of all of this bad stuff on a stage, suitably distant, somehow uh, is cathartic. We find it exciting and indeed uh, educational. Um, uh, the question is, or one question is, uh, is what we're seeing in the world today, is this a real corpse 
or is it, uh, is it something else? Now, I think it's also important to, um, to take a, another step back and ask ourselves, well, decline from what? Uh, if, we, if we look at life on this planet, uh, but particularly in the West, uh, over the last couple hundred years, just to start there, uh, the picture is not one of decline. Um, uh, you know, it used to be uh, Hobbes's description of the state of nature, life was solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short, was simply a, a literal description of what human life was like. Uh, you know, Hobbes was writing, uh, you know, in, 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 in England in the 17th century. Uh, it was true then, but it was even, of course, much truer uh, earlier on. But Matt Ridley, in a, a new book called The Rational Optimist, uh, published in 2010, a revised edition uh, just out a couple months ago, so in other words, after the financial crisis, uh, provides a, you know, a little bit of um, uh, countervailing evidence to, to, the, to this um, narrative of decline. Uh, he points out that in 1800, for example, the life expectancy was 40. Uh, today, it's uh, in advanced countries, it's somewhere approaching 80, 78, I believe, for white males in, in this country. Uh, Ridley points out that from 1955, not that long ago, to 2005, the average human in, in the West now earned three times as much. He ate a third more calories. He buried one-third as many children and could expect to live one-third longer. He was far less likely to die of war murder, if you're a woman, childbirth, accidents, tornadoes, famine, flooding, not to mention whooping cough, tuberculosis, diphtheria, typhus, etc. And the rich certainly have gotten a lot richer, and that it seems to irritate some people, but what they, uh, in their um, uh, eagerness to decry the, the greed of the rich, they often neglect to take into account the fact that the poor done uh, even better. Poor have done very well. Uh, now, 19, this is since 1955. And 1955, historically, was already a record marker in comparison with the past. So from 1955 to 2005, things have gotten a lot better. So when we talk about decline, I want to say, well, since when? Since the immediate post-war, World War II era, when America basically... Um, uh, bestrode the world like a colossus because of the war? Well, maybe. I mean, certainly our share of stuff has declined since then. It, but does that mark a decline? I'm not sure. Was it since the 1970s? <coughs> well, no, because, of course, in the 1970s, that really was an era. Remember Jimmy Carter? That was an era of decline. Since the fiscal crisis in 2008? Well, m maybe. Uh, but maybe since the election of Obama, maybe since 15 <coughs> minutes ago or yesterday when the stock market declined by another 390 points. Uh, has, the market hasn't opened yet, but I've been assured by some reliable uh, uh, spectators that it will open lower today. So uh, I don't know. There's I, uh, George Orwell commenting on um, uh, uh, one of the most underrated political philosophers of the last century, James Burnham, uh, in a critical remark about Burnham's work, said that the chief intellectual failing of, of, of Burnham is predicting a continuation of the thing that is happening. So, uh, you know, um, 
Brenham's writing in the 1940s, Nazi powers on the rise, ergo, it will continue irresistibly to rise. Or American capitalism in the Depression was in crisis, ergo, it will continue to disintegrate. Uh, but that neither of those things happen. So really what happens is these ergos turn into might-have-beens, which is very different. Uh, somehow, therefore, it turns into, it. well, it might have been that way, but it turns out not to have been that way. Um, and there are some other facts that I think we um, uh, often obscure and when we promulgate this uh, narrative of disaster. And by the way, I should say that <clears throat> um, I fully expect my, many of my fellow panelists uh, to promulgate a narrative of disaster. So that's why I'm, I'm acting in for Pollyanna, who was unavailable this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but uh, there's a forthcoming book called Unintended Consequences by uh, a chap called Ed Kennard about, uh, about the financial crisis and its, its um, uh, origins and so on. And uh, he asks a number of, of interesting questions. Uh, you know, it's often said we've, the U.S. has become a nation of consumers instead of producers, and that's why we're on this inevitable path to decline. But if that's true, why has U.S. productivity soared? And it soared, you know, right up through uh, today. Uh, we are the most productive country on the planet. Uh, productivity was lackluster in the, uh, in the couple decades prior to the commercialization of the Internet, but since the Internet, it has really it's taken off. Uh, since 1991, Kennard points out, the U.S. economy has grown by 63%, excluding inflation. Over the same period, France grew by only 35%, Germany by 22 and Japan by 16 Now, uh, and other countries, you could, uh, you know, there are similar sorts of figures. Now, they, they had access to the same technology that we had, so what accounts for this, for the difference? Um, they're similarly educated uh, workforce, and in fact, probably better educated. But there's something about the dynamism of the United States and its habit, its nap, <coughs> its penchant for innovation that has uh, continued to make this country very productive. Um, I'm going to read a list of names here. Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Intel, Apple, Cisco, Adobe, Oracle, Wikipedia, YouTube, Twitter, Amazon, eBay. I could, you could extend this list. Um, uh, somebody pointed out last night, some of these uh, companies, Google and uh, I, don't, I didn't mention, and Yahoo, uh, uh, companies started by immigrants, but they're all American companies. They're all centrally involved in the Internet or computer technology and uh, a technology, in other words, that has, you know, transformed the world. And we're at the beginning of that transformation, and the United States is, you know, right at the center of that. So um, now decline is not wholly an economic thing, obviously. Uh, and um, the, one might point to maybe a moral decline or uh, an educational decline. Um, but despite our economic problems, and I certainly don't mean to, uh, to minimize them, I mean, I, I think that the, the bumper sticker I'm fond of, of uh, citing uh, that says it's a good thing that Obama doesn't know what comes after trillion. <laughs> uh, that's uh, the numbers that we're conjuring with today are very serious, uh, you know, very serious indeed. And um, 
But I wonder whether what is often described as a decline isn't really something else. Uh, decline suggests an almost an organic process, something that Spengler would have liked. Uh, you know, he saw civilizations and cultures as uh, really quasi-biological phenomena that had a period of uh, growth and then inevitable senescence. Um, and when you're 18, it seems like the most important book in the world when you read the, you know, the Decline and Fall of the West. Uh, when you're 38 or 48 or 58, I'm not sure it's quite so compelling. Now, um, my friend Mark Stein has recently written a book, a um, very gloomy book called After America, Getting Ready for <coughs> Armageddon. And on the cover of this book is a corpse. Uh, and it's a, it has a little red, white, and blue hat, and it's Uncle Sam, and it, you know, it has a little tag on the toe. And I thought, uh, this, this, was not, uh, this is not what Mark meant, I think, by, but I thought there's something ironic about this. Um, if that corpse is Uncle Sam, in other words, a hypertrophied, out-of-control, over-regulating, uh, bullying uh, state, then maybe it's not such a bad thing that um, it is a corpse. It would, maybe that is the problem. And Mark has lots of gloomy statistics in his book, uh, but he, there are little glimmers of hope toward the end, and uh, I think that those glimmers are maybe even more important than he than he uh, 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 suggests. Namely, that this decline that we're that we are all talking about is not really a decline, uh, which, as I say, suggests an organic, almost inevitable process, but something else. Uh, it's not a noun, but a transitive verb. And maybe the word sabotage comes closer, witting or unwitting. Uh, when we look at uh, the administrations in the countries of the West, the United States, and even more, I think, in Europe, we see uh, a group of managers who hope to centralize power and turn their populace into wards of the state. Uh, there's a, uh, a sort of centripetal force moving everything toward the center and they hope that they can become the one shepherd to use Tocqueville's, uh, Tocqueville's um, uh, image for the populace. The populace will be like sheep and the state will be the shepherd taking care of them. Now I'm not sure that uh, if that if there is something to that uh, I'm not sure that that describes a decline but it it describes something else. It describes, among other things, a political problem, which means that uh, whatever crises we're facing now, whatever problems we're facing now, um, are not the problems of decline, necessarily. Uh, they certainly are not the problems of an empire in decline, as, as uh, Ferguson put it, because, for one thing, the United States is not, in any normal sense of the word, an empire. But they may very well be a, um, it may very well be a serious political problem, uh, which um, possibly will be addressed in uh, November of 2012. Well, um, I, that, I, that may not be it for the good news today, but uh, I, I think that, um, uh, as I said, I don't want to minimize the problems we face, but I do think that it's important to understand that uh, the idea of decline suggests an, uh, an element of inevitability which I think as uh, uh, free-thinking men and women we should resist for the sake of uh, the burdens of political responsibility.
And what we are going to do now is have a series of, of papers, discussion among the panels, and then we'll open it up to the, to the, uh, to the audience for, for questions that I hope will provide some historical context, first of all, for the, for the uh, uh, situation that we're talking about, and then also some conceptual analysis about what is actually happening uh, today in, uh, in, in the United States primarily, but also putting it in a, a broader European context. And our first paper will be by um, the historian Keith Winshuttle, who is going to talk to us about the Pax Americana and what the world would lose if the U.S. had Keith, where are you? Righty. 